Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. Appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. Could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today, of course, is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew comprised of these fine gentlemen. Of course, to my left, my boy, Cousin Damo. To my right, we have D.E.T. Dave, and right in front of me, of course, my man, Jay. J.O., appreciate having y'all gentlemen here today, and pleased to have you to come come here to have us chop it up over the classics. And as always, we take you back in time. So today, way back. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, now today we are taking you back to 1999 to review this uh, album, which is uh, Prince Paul, Prince Amongst Thieves. This was released February 23rd, 1999 on Tommy Boy Records, Tommy Boy and Warner Brothers, actually. Yeah, we yeah. And and now for those of you who are out there listening, we all know Tommy Boy's had some pretty uh, bad press because of their war they've had with De La Soul messages that De La put out on social media lately to their fans about their uh, catalog. Uh, they couldn't reach an agreement on their streaming rights, so they're asking all of their fans to not stream any of their music, which is really ba- hard for me to do now mm-hmm. because that's how I listen to all my music nowadays. I mean, and now listening you to, you know... the CD case no more? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have any, I don't have anything anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, A few years ago, it was like um, they had actually given out their whole catalog for free online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, YouTube. So, YouTube. And, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I got the whole joint, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. So, February 23rd, 1999, Tommy Boy, Warner Brothers record, runtime of 77 minutes and 11 seconds. It's executive produced, uh, solely produced, of course, by Prince Paul. Those of you who, of course, who are familiar with Prince Paul, he did a lot of his work with the De La Soul, right. produced their landmark album, Three Feet High and Rising, also did work with the Grave Digger, Diggers and Statasonic. He's been a veteran in the game. This was his second album, actually, that he released. This was a project with a lot of different features, and this had a lot of different moving parts. Just some of the rappers and artists who were featured on this album, you had Breeze, Shaw, Big Shaw, uh, Horror City, Big Daddy Kane, Chub Rock, Biz Marquis, Sadat X, Exhibit, Everlast, Cool Keith, Kid Creole, Heroin, and also De La Soul. And of course, there were skit contributions by none other than Chris Rock, <laughs> 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 which I saw the fellas talking about earlier before the show uh, with um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, Buckshot and then also RZA. <laughs> this is actually a very interesting album and it had been some time since I listened to this in full all the way through and I understand understood why when I started listening to it and it my memory pretty much kicked in February 23rd 99 where we all were I mean most of us all of us I think were all at least in high school or finishing up high school and at that point where we were you know coming of age first reactions on this album and of course this album was for everyone who's not familiar with Prince Paul, um, Prince of uh, Prince Among Thieves, this is a concept album. It really was um, really like a story within an album uh, about two rappers, Tyreek and also uh, True. Mm-hmm. And the story is about uh, Tyreek trying to get on, working with his man True, um, and then also there being a plot to be able to get money for a demo, which was $1,000 for a demo, which is crazy. Even thinking about, even the 99s, a lot of money for a demo wow, tape, right? So. Because Tyreek had a meeting with the Wu. 
at a meeting with RZA to be able to try to get a record deal. And he goes to his man, True, who used to be his rap partner, who is now a hustler, to try to get the money. Who taught him how to rap. Yeah, who taught him how to rap, he said, to get the money. And in order to get this money, True offered to help him get get in the game of hustling. And then it begins this long story of betrayal and then also... Of um of a of a deal gone wrong and friendship uh friendship uh be turned into a betrayal. So just to sort of talk about, we'll start of course with you, Dave. Um, your first reaction when you first listened to the album, pretty much your lasting reactions after a while listening to it again in anticipation <clears throat> of this review. Uh, when I first heard it, of course, this is the first time I heard it. Okay, I knew about Prince Paul because of his work with De La Soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to it all the way through, all thirty-five songs. songs. <laughs> Oh gosh, it was hard. It was hard, but after understanding that it was a concept album, kind of like the listening mm-hmm. or uh, Little Brother's second album, The Minstrel Show, it was all like a, it's a show. It's like a, a story. So I, I sat down and listened to him, and just certain things about it, I'm just like, man, it's a lot of interludes on this joint. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. lot of interludes, a lot of features, lots of interludes. The production was good. Yeah, the production was Definitely. really, really well done. But uh, it's just it's just so long to get through. So yeah, long to get through. and that's his hallmark because that's what he's been known for as a producer. This was his um, his showcase for his production with a lot of different supporting artists or supporting actors, as you could say, supporting acts uh, as you could. So Jay, we'll go to you, man. Your first reaction when you first listened to it, and then your lasting reactions after listening to it again after some time. Well, February '99, so. Yeah, I was senior high school. Okay, so you're a year behind us. Oh, ahead of, us. ahead of us. Yeah, yeah so like two ahead um, of me. It's ninety nine, right here. So yeah, um, twenty years, man. Mm-hmm. Like um, so I guess um, it was easy for me because I knew going in it was a concept album. Mm-hmm. Like because this was, and I'm pretty sure you guys know this is back when we still had the box. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw the video for it, and it kind of already laid out everything. So by the time I got the album, you know, I was just following along. I mean, and thirty five tracks. I mean, it is a pretty long album even for back then. So you know, just thinking about like how it was con- how it was like crafted and even the interludes and everything like that. I mean, I, I, I followed along because I, I knew it was a story. It just didn't bore me. I was like, I did want to hear like what came next. I mean, not to sound like the oddball if anybody's not in the concept albums. That's one of my favorites in, within the genre of hip-hop. But, okay. I mean, and I guess like towards the end of it, back then, you know, the showdown and everything like that. I hope not spoiling anything or I don't know if it spoils like 20 years later, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't worry about spoilers. You should be up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like towards the end, like with the showdown and how it ended, like, you know, with three pretty much like popping one in his own dome like that. And then, then shot doing that really disingenuous rest of peace on my boy, which yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Like just the constant like that, during job made me sick, but like it just showed how good like the story was because kind of started mm-hmm. with Scorsese style, how it, sto- how it starts in the present. Yeah, it's like you know, we had to go back to see how it was, how like, everything seven. came to be. Right. Exactly. So then when it brings us up to speed towards like wing to the end, mm-hmm. you know, and then like you know everything you know everything that led up to what happened with Tariq, mm-hmm. and then that Tariq, final. Ain't that funny how that name is? And, <laughs> oh man, come on, bro. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you want to, because we were talking about a certain show, yeah, like, kind of like those up in yeah. certain circles that could piss you off, like, yeah. me on season five. Um, <laughs> For our power fans out there. Right, right. Good, right. Observa- good observation, Dom. Good observation. You know what I'm saying? So, like, by the time that final track came on, which is the title track, A Prince Among Thieves, which vicious production on that joint, 
yeah, I mean, it just like really tied everything together and it really showed how much of a snake, you know what I'm saying, he could be. I mean, I guess in this circle, uh, Tariq is a snake, whereas the other one is more or less a dumbass. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> and a snake. Yeah. Oh, and, and a snake. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm, still, I'm still trying to catch up with season uh, five. So, I mean, I'm, I ain't tripping out spoils uh, either. Just yeah. Tariq pissed me off so much in season five. <laughs> yeah. Whatever he was doing, but, yeah, so that's where I was. I mean, it just left the last impression, like, just like chalked it up to why, like, concept albums like that and like the storyline that just kept going so that was my take on it and Damo I'm a sophomore February 99 running around like I'm a junior but yeah <laughs> um, I remember listening to it back then because of my cousins you know I had older cousins they was in their 20s so they was hyped about it I think back then we really enjoyed storytelling more back then. That's what I got from the album. It was great storytelling. Like right. you could visualize what was going on from the beginning to the end, the way they broke it down. His mother going off, telling him to go get that money, mm-hmm. and her falling for the trick of the friend coming over to the house. That's a nice guy in front of her, but that nigga a snake in real right. life and grimy out in the streets. <laughs> the lyrics, it, it was hard to get through now compared to all the music I heard. I've heard from. 20 years ago, but I got through it and it was just, I like the storytelling is a great thing about it. No, I do. And you know, Prince Paul, I in reading up about this album said that he had a hard time of getting Tommy boy and Warner brothers to go along with doing this album. He actually wanted to do it years ago, but couldn't get them on board of doing an album like that. And then finally got to go ahead in order to be able to do it. He was able to lay it out. These are my, my first reaction to me, I thought it was an interesting concept of an album. The first cut time I listened to it about 20 years ago, I was a junior in high school. It took me a couple of times to get through it, but I loved the production to me. And me starting out and be, being a producer, that's what I loved about it. I loved the fact that how he used some of the samples, because I actually, in the second time of listening to it, I went back and listened to some of the records that he sampled mm-hmm. and pulling from them and seeing that it's interesting. You know, as a producer and being a fan of music, you go back to see how some producers manipulate samples and chop them up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, just quality work. Um, I love the features the first time around, especially the one with the legends. You had yeah. Chub Rock, Big yeah. Daddy Kane. That was a highlight. You know, um, being able to have cats like Exhibit and even Everlast there, you know. So lasting, I would have to say when I listened to it more recently, I would definitely say that I was surprised at the concept and how it worked. I thought it was a courageous and a brave idea because you can do an idea like that and it could not work and you can bomb, right. you know, but it seemed to work. And to me, I think it w- it's refreshing nowadays in an era now where you have so many retreads and replays and so many copycats of everybody doing the same right. thing. Risky but thought-provoking, like we talked about this whole thing. That's the way that the streets were, especially in New York back then, you know, the hustle culture. And you said, like, hey, we all, don't we, I think we all kind of knew somebody in our circle that was sort of like a true, you know? Mm-hmm. Like somebody that was that was sort of... Shit, I know one now. Yeah, so... <laughs> As a matter of fact, it, it re- relates more now than then. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah, exactly. So... Well, things change when they stay the same. Yep. Like, yep. All the time, though. Yeah, and, and, and so to me... Lots of good features, amazing creativity, great organization. Because to pull that many featuring artists and the concept of being able to lay this out, literally like a movie script, takes a great deal of organization. So I was really impressed with that, especially listening to it now after about 20 years or so. I guess I'll kind of go to as far as like what the album themes. To me, I describe it more so as like a hip. They I read to it in somewhere with where a writer described it as a hip hop opera. It reminded mm-hmm. me more Good so call. like a sort of like a hip hop musical. Like we mm-hmm. all, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody remembered Carmen back in the day, the MTV yeah, yeah, dead yeah, featuring yeah. Beyonce yeah. And, Con- and, and Most Deaf. It reminded me a lot like a B movie on BET. 
or TV One, like one of those yeah. t- one of those you know made for television movies you see on BET on it, Saturday night. It definitely yeah. can be a two hour episode of Tales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for a little bit higher quality, I will say that. You know, like. That's interesting. I would like to see something like this yeah. if somebody was willing to do something like this on Tales, man. Because yeah. this this could be like a special edition of Tales where you do this album in itself as an actual episode. Yeah, this would of actually Tales. be a good album to do on Tales. It for would be more than an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, matter of fact, like um, one thing I heard about. I was like they he wanted to do it like a movie but mm-hmm. Tommy Boy wouldn't get behind wouldn't get, it yeah, wouldn't yeah. give him the good you know wouldn't, saying? wouldn't like, give him the go yeah so I mean it definitely had more potential to get to that point but mm-hmm. unfortunately it just never never progressed so that actually would have been the first kind of how arc well, this in Chicago, who we remain nameless, okay, <laughs> with the closet. Yeah, <laughs> could have had this. What said before that? that yeah, black disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, and that that sort of talks to about how things were back then. To me, I even think that the quality of music was maybe a little mm-hmm. bit better. Mm-hmm. But now he could have just went on YouTube and did it. Yeah, but now he, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But now I think you know the restrictions that you have with labels, especially because labels ran the game now, and now it's completely different where you can completely be independent because the tools and resources are at your feet to be able to do something like this and be able to have your own call. If you want to do a movie, I'm pretty sure he could if he can get the resources and the money behind it. The hustling culture, of course, we talk about it. Demos, how important demos were back then when people used to make demos because you were trying to get put on. Like you were trying to get put on by a label because, you know, you needed to go to a studio. You have to put together a demo. You had to shop it and send it to so many different labels to try to get put on. That's another thing that's changed over the 20 years, too. Like, it has. Like, YouTube and, like, social media. Like, we, back then you had to get the demo. Now you just put a freestyle up there, jungle viral, get, like, 11 million views, and people come after you. So. And a DJ spin. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. prominent DJ hears that. Right. Next thing you know, okay, Instagram, bam, Snapchat, bam. Well, they going off of your you, follows you know, on social media, for real. You know, only one that's the only thing that's remained constant is, like, you know, the test of, like, Strip club, I mean, just to interject that in there, like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> if it, yeah, if they get like a bunch of spins there, I mean, you pretty much know you got a hit on your hands, yeah, so. right. So, now I kind of want to go through the album as we talked about, you know, the, the themes that were present on the album, sort of like the highlights and going through as far as like your highlights on the album. So, I'm going to start actually with Damo, your highlights as far as the songs that you like the best, um, on the album. What were the highlights to you for, for you? I actually like the pain a lot. That was one of my highlights, mm. and I also my other highlight. I like Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, Cal Macula, baby. Yeah, Cal Macula. You got thirty six prostitutes. <laughs> you got thirty dimes. <laughs> I said, oh, he pimping on him. <laughs> so those two are my highlights of the album. Cause, and then Big Daddy was spitting too. Right. Mm. He made me. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's amazing to me how even after all those years of not really putting out an album that right around that time he started giving a few features here and there and he was just letting people know like all right i i just let y'all know i still got it yeah, you know yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he, he had he had he to definitely had like a, the, the feature you were like oh big daddy getting it right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and chub rock on the low yeah, chub rock yeah. On the low, he gave it yeah. gave a little something too i was like okay yeah but yeah those two was my highlights indeed jay your uh your your highlights on the album based on songs the tracks that you Okay. Thought stood out. Um, I guess I have a couple more because again, I was, I'm just I'm just like really big on concept albums. So, in no particular order, I would say War Party, just because I love like the 
just like the role they were taking on, just like the lyricism behind it. And mm-hmm. like, I'm the dope up in your brain, those syringes coming through, kicking doors off the fucking hinges, like, mm-hmm. like just lyricism on I'm in, the, I'm in this like 40, 40 fiends, fiends on seven, seven day benches, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming with my felony yeah, offenders, yeah. drinking Guinness. God damn. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and, um, of course, I already mentioned Prince Among Thieves just because it was a dope, just a dope track. And then just like, you know, the history behind that track from listening to the story, it just like made you really pissed off at Tariq. Mm-hmm. Again, pissed off Tariq is a, three, a theme. So, mm-hmm. um, so, um, and again, yeah. and um, well, not again, but the showdown. What do you mean? True. I mean, true. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you mean true. true. Yeah. <laughs> pissed off at true. Yeah, yeah definitely. True, pissed off at true and not Tariq. Yeah. Definitely. Of course. <laughs> Let me track that from the record. Yeah. <laughs> Bring that back. Even though this fool did drop the end bomb, I guess that was with his character, um, the boys in blue or men in blue, um, Everlast, because mm-hmm. he did take on that role of him being a corrupt cop he, and everything like that. He ripped that joint though. He did. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. He did. I just didn't think people let him take it to the, the extent of dropping the, <clears throat> the um, dropping the end bomb and everything like that. Oh yeah. Of course, it was one with Sadat X and Exhibit, just because of the way oh, how that. The the track with Sadat X, it was also, I believe, exhibit, with, with exhibit, exhibit as well. And then Kid Creole, was, and Kid Creole that mm-hmm. was um I can't think of the name. Handle Your Time. Yeah, yeah. just like that. that yeah, I don't know yeah. What Handle Your Time. Like, yeah, Sadat like X, Exhibit, and Kid Creole all in there in a jail cell. Like right. they were all speaking in the jail cell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was yeah. dope. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm say, um, trying to think, do I have any more? I mean, I know I gave a couple already, but. Yeah, I guess I guess that'd be it. Oh, oh, and now the one is like, if you got some flow and I got some flow, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Just like the two opposite sides, like, <clears throat> like true saying, like you know, if he do act up, he gonna, you know, what I'm saying, put catch the next man on, yeah. yeah, put the next man, put on, the next so. man on, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like just that dynamic right there of them exchanging bars even before the showdown, like because you saw like how <laughs> the mindset were then versus when true, um, yeah, true portrayed them and you know it was that showdown and they. In a busting each other, so yeah, yeah, so probably, yeah, those probably pretty much yep. all my highlights. Your highlights, yeah. indeed. Day, your highlights. All right, steady slobbing. I like how he <laughs> they took the. I like how I like how he he took the steady mobbing joint. You call that sexual healing, nigga? Get the fuck out. That was funny, <laughs> McCosler. That was that was a highlight. One day it dawned on me as a time rolls by, the same thing that makes you laugh, like, makes you cry. Uh, sometimes I'm feeling winning, sitting back in the MP, relaxed, talking about a new beginning. You see, I'm just an MC. I'm just an MC. Uh, Weapons World, Cool Keith killed it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm not even. I'm typically not a fan of Cool Keith. Me so neither. Just full, full disclosure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yo, he 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 got his man on that joint though. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, he definitely served his purpose. Uh, War Party. I think he said coming for head straight off the top. Uh, he said mixing alcohol with automatics. That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Big Daddy K said, nowadays, player hating going out, going around like the plague. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Mr. Large with Chub Rock. Then nigga said, I'm the shit.com. I'm the shit.com. He said, I love black people, but I can't stand niggas. Mm-hmm. I, would take, I think I we all kind of feel that. My, my mantra for like, life, yes. Mm-hmm. I think we yeah. all kind of feel that. We yeah. all, even when I was 17, yes. Yeah, yeah, we all, we all just cannot stand them. <laughs> <laughs> Put the next man on. You got flow. I got some flow. You getting dough, and you best believe I'm getting some dough. He fuck up, and the devil getting the last dance. Devil, yeah, that mm-hmm. was hard, bro. And yeah. my my personal favorite was Chris Rock channeling Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I will beat your ass. You gonna be the only person in heaven with a wheelchair, <laughs> dog. I died laughing. Yeah, I died that's, laughing. Um, I heard that. that yeah, was, but that was good. but of course he had to channel the extra. 
the extra effort a crackhead would put in to get what they want yeah. towards the end of that track. Yeah. Like study techniques. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna go into detail as far as what that was. Yeah, but yeah. Nah, but, but he we, went, we he went, he went into sort of channeled. I think a little bit of Pookie and also Cheap Pete. Yeah. You know, we sort of mix uh-huh. both of them together, trying to bargain for some crack. <laughs> you know, Chris Rock that the nice little laugh in there. Yeah, my highlights. Um, to me, I had a few. My highlights. I love the other line with hit with heroin. And uh, the fact that he was calling his girl to try to yeah, get him yeah. to call mm-hmm. out. I need you to call out so I can go get this money. And she giving him the business because he always calling out. You know, everybody, I think we all know a partner like that, too. Always calling out of work for some nonsense. Like, oh, dude, if you don't yeah. go get your bread, man, right. like some uh, some legitimate bread. Right. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> I love War, War Party with Horror City, of course. They were the thugs explaining what they did for the organization. Maculous Theory, absolutely, with yeah. the Big Daddy Kane. Um, showing that he still got it. Mr. Large, yeah, Mr. Large with Chub Rock, who to me, I still think when it comes to getting his props of all time, I still think Chub Rock is even a slight little bit underrated all time, man. The fact that what he's contributed um, and the bangers he sort of put out, man. Um, and cool, he's still cool. out He's still out there performing nowadays. Yeah, even the later 90s. I mean, that yeah, yeah, like Dodge effects, that James. Exactly. Yeah, like, like yeah. I, I tell Brian all the time, like, Return of the Crooklyn Dodgers 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of my favorite tracks of all time. He ripped it. Attack he him. never gets the credit that he that's really Biggie, deserved. That's because Biggie took over. Even yeah, still. Even still. Did he back Biggie more than... Chubb. And I and I think I think the game sort of changed then too. Mm-hmm. So sort of like what Chubb was doing, the game was moving in a different way. The type of rap yeah. that was being promoted then, and and what people were talking about was being was was sort of like in the forefront. He was sort of pushed to the background. Mm-hmm. Um, you got shot to me is another another good yeah. one with the with the ODB sample from Brooklyn Zoo. Uh, nicely put in there. Of course, the highlights of production is A1. Being a producer myself, I love being able to listen to the samples and listen to the original songs and see how they were cut down um, and cut up and chopped and then manipulated. Those are my highlights. So I kind of go around now to get everybody's favorite song then and now. So I'll start with you, Dave. What was your, what was, I guess, if you had to put your favorite song, what is it? And is that, it, did that change or is it still? Seeing as how it was the first time I heard the record, it's like I I I like McCusler. That's probably my favorite. And um, a sleeper pick would uh, like I said, it's, it's a tie between Mr. Large and I like Mood for Love too. Okay, Mood for Love is pretty slick. Jay, your favorite song then and now has that changed? I wouldn't say it's changed much. I would say like Horror City again because like mm-hmm. it did kind of have like that street hardcore and like mm-hmm. the lyricism and. Just like the even like with that the shock value of all is like I get thank you letters from emergency from filling vacancies like mm-hmm. yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> they want to be being the most do the man do the most to boost the industry like that mm-hmm. type of lyricism and then put the next man on uh, anything that I wasn't rocking with back then I'm rocking with more so now got it see I'm trying to think probably pain because it, I didn't really appreciate how it set up mm-hmm. the rest of the album how early was on there so yeah mm-hmm. yeah because I mean I'm. Like I said, back then I'm 17. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to get through the rest of the album, but like I, I, I'm saying, it's like it's kind of like that slow start. You know what I mean? Like even like a Goodfellas movie. Like I said, mm-hmm. like that setup as far as like this is how this is how the ending is before the beginning. And mm-hmm. but yeah, now so I really appreciate like the build up to the story. So that's that's yeah. kind of crept up in there now. You know, 20 years later. Damo, your favorite song? Well, you know, 
Back then, it was steady slobbing because my mindset <laughs> at 15, steady slobbing. Right, indeed. Um, it wasn't doing nothing, but was still, mindset was steady slobbing back then. Right. Now, even the skip, even the skip leading up to the song. like Now, yeah. it's pain, and that was before I even knew that. Back then, I didn't even know it was going into the story of right after that. I like the flow on pain. I like the feel of pain. And I just related to it. So now I love Pain is my favorite song on the album. My favorite song then and now is still Macula's Theory. To me, I just think that Big Big Daddy Kane is a is a he's a highlight on there no matter what. He's to me, a, he's definitely a highlight. On yeah. Now to me, he's on my Mount Rushmore when it comes to the four lyrical titans of all time. Him, Rakim, Kooji Rap, and KRS One. Those are my four lyrical titans of all time. I'm Mount Rushmore. Um, and he's right up there. And of course, we always have the debate where people is always trying to find out, man, who's better, Rob, 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 Big Daddy Kane. You know, you got people who like them and people who like Rob, people who like Big Daddy Kane. It all kind of depends on the style. But to me, especially, I think it had been at least seven or eight years since he had put out an album. And he steps up here with the feature. Reading a rap review that I read back then on rapreviews.com. Um, going back and reading some perspective, there were people who would be like, oh, Big Daddy Kane laces his track. Let's hope we get another another uh, solo album mm-hmm. from him. You know, no dice. But, I mean, what he's put out has spoken spoken for itself. Um, a song that I think I slept on then that I appreciate more now was Men in Blue. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of, I had some amnesia. And I forgot, like, you know, how how good Everlast could flow at times, you know? Mm-hmm. And playing the role that he played, Officer Crooked Cop, you know, him being the one white guy on the, on, the, yeah, on the record. Was, yeah, Bitchkowski. Or exactly. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and being as though he was the one white guy on the on the track, and, yeah, you know, he threw the N-word on there when he called him a mooly nigger. But, you know, hey, look, if you're in New York and, you know, you yeah, deal with yeah. some, some, you know, cops, especially the ones particularly of, the, of a certain persuasion whether italian or some sort of european that was a word to be able to a, a derogative term to refer to black people was mulians mulies mm, um fucking mooly yeah so it was um <laughs> kick that man just yeah yeah <laughs> but to me i uh, go, going overall like i said concept album was a, a brave thing to do and um really could be something that could backfire on you if, that if it doesn't work out it could backfire and if it bombs then you know, you went through a lot of different features. I couldn't imagine that the budget on this was not necessarily uh, cheap. Now, one person produced the entire album. So you saved some money there, but you definitely showed out some money on some features, especially if you got Big Daddy Candy Shop Rock to rap, you know. Um, And he had, had like, DJs on there, too. Exactly. It was, like, about 10 DJs on there, I guess, along with the production. Along with the production, exactly. People to do drops, and the drops for the the track, Prince Among Thieves, that that were coming out. We've all mentioned some quotable lyrics, of course, some of the be- some of the great lines. There are uh, quite a few great lines here. To me, I think it was a great job by Breeze and Big Shaw to sort of be the two central characters here, especially on tracks, as you guys mentioned, in particular with the two of them. You got shot was one of them. Um, but then, of course, another good t- The Pain, of course, was a- another good track with the two of them sort of going back and forth. Um, what you got. Yeah, demo. what you got, you know, with the demo. Mm-hmm. I think it worked well with the whole concept of this being a movie because that's your, you know, leading actor and supporting actor right there. But then sort of move on uh, to talk about as far as we've sort of talked about now the song reviews. We've gone through everything as far as any low lights here on the album. Just want to go through the cover any low lights if anybody has any. I know I have a, at least a couple. I don't have any individual song low lights, but what, I have a what, few. What you got? Thirty-five songs. Yeah. What, what, you, what you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what, to what, me, what, what, you, what you got? Was, well, to me, yeah. Yeah, that was. 
I was trying to get into it and I couldn't really get into it. I'm just like, I'm just confused. I'm like, first of all, I didn't know when they was even, I didn't even know when the verse even began. So I'm just like, what the hell's up with this track? Like, what is going on? That was pretty, that was pretty much my only, uh, my only low light is the fact that I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on with what you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think the first time around, I didn't get what you got. But I told you, I didn't listen to it like five times. Yeah. Because the first time I struggled. But then the next, like the second time I listened to it, I figured he's letting him hear his demo. This is before I even knew it was his okay. demo. And he yeah. know, once you know that he's letting him hear the demo, you understand when they start, he's trying to get him to flow again. Because mm-hmm. yeah. remember, he retired because he realized that Tariq was better than him once mm-hmm. he told him how to rap. So then he's like, you still got it, OG? Go ahead, give it to me. But and the, then he's, yeah, but the but flow was trash. The flow was trash. True flow was trash. Yeah. Oh, was trash. <laughs> you see why you retired, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Jay, any any low lights on the album? This stuff in particular. Not necessarily songs, but anything. Like one, a part of a song, somebody's verse. Uh, let me see. As far as, I mean, yeah, I can see how what you got could be considered a low point. Yeah. You know, I mean, I understand the flow with the, it played its part in the story, but then silk the shocker type flow. Oh man, I don't think it was that bad. Bro. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Nah, somebody had a silk the shocker type flow on there. I'm gonna get to it in a little bit though. Go, go ahead though, Jay. Honestly, you honestly look to the future, saying blue. I mean, I mean, not name names. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Almost, um, I guess like when the preacher bailed him out, I didn't mean like the rapping sermon or whatever like that. I mean, I didn't think that. I, I didn't really that, think was, that was necessary. I didn't think that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, not a sharing with the hoe was funny, like before Stick to Slobbing. Oh, yeah, like, you know yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> My low points for me, it was uh, you know, the 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 track with Cool Keith Weapon World. I've never mm-hmm. really been a big fan of Cool Keith at all, it's you know. Yeah, I, I it's a difficult flow to me. He has a little bit of a difficult flow to sort of get into, you know. It's just sort of like you know how like if you were you were in ciphers and you would sit there and cipher would be going well and everybody's bobbing their head and then that one dude sort of comes in and he got a few good lines and all of a sudden he says something and all of a sudden everybody head stop nodding <laughs> and he keeps going and then eventually your head start nodding again once he sort of recovers back from that but that's that's sort of like kid Keith cool Keith's flow to me yeah, you man. know you want to know who else's flow is like that to me Sadat X because I've never really been a big fan of his either. <laughs> Hey, oh we'll man! Today, nah, man. Well, look, Ooh. Sadat, Sadat with um, Sadat X with Brand Nubian, like, uh, I, you know, being in between in the group dynamic, he's a little bit better. But I've never been a fan by him with them by himself, man. That's just me. So you I know, know that's so, an unpopular opinion, so, but so on 1999 with Common, yeah, I was just think? about to ask about that. What you think? Yeah. I would have rather substituted Quali, who actually was on the track <laughs> yeah, and said something yeah, true, on the intro. True. true. You know, true, now it was still a fact. great song, but I would have rather Quali rapped instead of Sadat X. Yeah, okay, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, other things like, <laughs> it's basically, like, as far as like his, uh, like Sadat, on the subject of Sadat X's voice, like, yeah. I never forget, like, I was in high school, like, you know, like, after school, you watching BT Rap City or whatever, like that, and then showing my age again, but whatever. Um, and I remember my mother called the house and like it was a Sadat X train playing. She thought I had like a baby in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. She's like, you gonna put a surprise baby on us. When you gonna like, tell wait. us about that? Uh-oh. It's like, hold on, like, so why somebody got a baby over there? Like, now I was on TV. Wow. But that's that's really my low points, man. It's to me, like, you know, like I said, never really been a big fan of Cool Keith. I know there are people like, you know, out there and folks on the message boards and on the internet that love Cool Keith because his content and the words and stuff that he uses. But for me, it's just like, 
it's too inconsistent of a flow to be like, yeah, dude, I can mess with you, man. The same thing with Sadat X. Oh, yeah, people up in New York swear by Cool Keith. Yeah, I know, like, man, but... It's New York, though. I, it might just be the Bronx, honestly. Like, Yeah, <laughs> I just... I don't know. It's, you know, I've never been a fan of Cool Keith or Dr. Octagon, any one of his... Dr. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I will give him I will give him a little bit of credit that he had a couple like this joints on the production side. Yeah, production this is side, classic a, music as, reviews. <laughs> yeah, so... But as lyricist, nah. So, so those are my reviews. So now we've gotten to the end. We've gone through the albums. Uh, we've gone through uh, track by track, everything else. We've gone highlights. We've gone favorite songs then and now. So now we get to the final end, to the ultimate test. The, how does this album age? Does it stand the test of time? Is it a certified classic? Is it borderline? Or is it just classic in its time? So. Classic, I'll start classic for what's time. I'll, I'll start with Damo. So Damo, that's your verdict. Classic for what's time. Why do you say that? All the music we've heard now is definitely classic for what's time. Dave couldn't get through it. He's struggling. Thirty-five songs. Thirty-five songs is not the. If it would have been thirty-five songs of, or at least twenty songs of fire out of thirty-five, I would say it's bona fide classic. It's a lot of lot yeah. of interludes yeah, though. Yeah. So it's just classic for what's time. Jay, what do you say? Uh, I'd probably say, I mean, like I said, you know, I like concept albums. I mean, Classic for his time. Um, only thing that kind of, like, when I started doing research on everything, like, just know there was that much more potential there, like I said, with the whole film thing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy that Tommy Boy, whoever wouldn't get behind it, because, I mean, you know, that was, like, around the time, like, those straight to DVD, like, straight to, well, not DVD, I don't know, popping yeah, like tape. that back then, but tape, tape. Yeah, yeah, exactly, straight exactly. to tape, tape CD. Like, they were, they were popping back then, because that was, like, maybe, what, two years after Umbauda came out, and that blew up. And yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen how about it. I'm pretty sure this could have been a better quality in production. I'm about it had it been manifested. So yeah, I got I mean, the hookup. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, got the hookup. Yeah, hook and that was actually in the theaters, though. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, and this one you had to make it to the theaters, but it could it could have been made it more like a more like of a cult classic, like an underground classic. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think with that and uh, I mean, like the low points of the album. I mean, I guess everybody mentioned it, it kind of put like you know classic for its time in that category. Yeah, so, Dave. Yeah, Dave. I mean, it's a classic for its time. Again, I this is the first time I heard it. I'm not sitting through 35 songs oh, ever, ever again. It's yeah, just, oh, not, they no, go no, through 35. No. Have, like yeah. a little, have a little intermission or something, I yeah. guess. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah just, like, just like Dom was saying, if it was 35 tracks and 20 to 25 of them were, were bangers, this mm. would be an easy a, 35. Easy, Easy, you know, classic, classic, classic. But I don't know, I don't know if that's I'm ever going to happen to hip hop, though. Yeah. Well, nobody's doing 35 songs again unless you Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of time with the dreams. Dream. Right. Sure. Yeah. Not now. And so to yeah, me, that's R&B. I think it's a sweep across the board. I think it's classic in its time. And I think it's a step below being a borderline classic because of the, the creativity of it to me. I think that's what stands out about it yes. more than anything I will else. give you that right there. The creativity for me, I think it stands out and listening to it 20 years afterwards, especially after seeing the, the landscape that we have with the music game now, that there's so many copycats and retreads mm -hmm. and, and yeah. people copying off of each other and everybody with the same flows, using the same beats. And it was refreshing to be able to hear that after 20 years. But thinking about in the time period we're talking about, it's probably just classic just for in this time. And at that point, is I think it was probably even a, a, a middle of the road album considering yeah. the time period we're talking about. But good, yeah, so a good album, a very good album, actually. But I think, okay. yeah, for then, I think it was it was a good one. So there we are. Prince Paul, a prince amongst thieves. I, um, I will also say I, if he would flow a little bit more better 
a little bit more better production for now. The production's way different now. So a little bit more mm-hmm. in the flow. And you had those videos that he could have just went straight to yep. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would be a classic right now. Yeah. He, he would have had a, had a fantastic mean, movie. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. Almost, almost, and like, not to compare with the individual in Chicago that has made other videos, <laughs> but like, almost like a hip-hop trapped in a closet, but with more content and better. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're it right. could have been. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it could have yeah, been on that level. Had Again, YouTube? had they, yeah, yeah. they came out now. Because so. he wouldn't have had to worry about Tommy Boy. He could have right. just went straight to YouTube and, and did it from there and do it his own video. And mm-hmm. then would have had it. I think it speaks to the time that we're in now. Yes. What's, what's better about the industry now is the fact that if the fans want you to have the content, they'll support you monetarily mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to get you. This is just the great thing about crowdfunding and going independent where your fans now can directly support you and provide you the capital directly to be able to get the things done, to be able to see the content they want to see from you. Yeah. And that's the good thing I think about with, with this, the industry now, as opposed to back then where the label had the checks and if they weren't writing the check, then it wasn't getting done. So right, yeah, kind of like takes that chokehold they had off of it. Exactly. I mean, that's, and it's kind of funny about the industry. You say like, because it's kind of a double edged sword now, like with the way things are set up. Because one, it's oh, great because it, you could put out your own stuff, but it's kind of bad because anybody could put out some stuff and yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, and it just, I guess it's a, I guess it's a sound of the times as far as like put like who views it and all like that. But exactly. like stuff, stuff that I'm pretty sure we all know. It's just like bonafide hot garbage you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. getting like views and yeah the, the, the yeah the good thing about it is also the bad thing about it because right. there's no entry point there had to be an entry point back right. then there was sort of like a point you had to get to before you could release something to the masses now the entry point is so low therefore the bar is so low i mean and some people are creative with it too like yeah. as far as um because honestly i'll even say like back to the point about fit like 50 cent trolling and everything like that like you can consider how to rob a troll record but you know, he's it was still creative. Back, yeah, it was creative. Creative, you know, absolutely. And even, and honestly, even even Eminem, what my name is, because everybody thought he was a novelty. But then when you bought the Slim Shady LP, mm-hmm. he was spitting fire lyrics, and then that's some lady LP. <laughs> yeah, and then um, even more recently, and I'm and I'm still trying to wrap my head even around how this happened. Like, you got me with Doja Cat, that yeah. bitch on my cow video. I just sat there like, <laughs> my, she, she showed me, and I'm like, man, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. Like boo! I'm like mm. this thing got like fifty million, <laughs> yeah, like fifty yeah, million nothing. views. Like what the hell? Yeah, it's like nothing. it's nothing exactly. Prince Paul, a Prince Among Thieves. You can find it anywhere. Pretty much, you can get music nowadays. That is, of course, um, gonna wrap it up. Just another edition of the Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host Podbean. That's vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the Vault CMR on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend. As always, remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, I'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. One love. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.